This is the day uh, that we both recognize and celebrate Jesus rising from the dead. Uh, It is the most significant moment uh, in all of human history. And certainly for the lives of those that have found salvation in Jesus Christ. Because without uh, this moment, we're still lost. Without this moment, the canvas is still black. But it's because of the resurrection that this newness of life uh, is made possible. And when you consider everything else that mankind has tried to pursue or believe over the course of the history of the world, uh, it is solely the faith in Jesus Christ that shows that God the Creator Himself willingly came down to earth to suffer and die in our place. To pay for our sins. To pay for your sins. Not anything we could do in our own strength. Every other religion, everything else out there uh, actually tries uh, to establish our goodness or our salvation through our own efforts. Even if you look uh, at Eastern religions and and Hindu or Buddhism that are trying to, to reach Brahma or enlightenment, it's all about the effort of the individual trying to do it on their own in order to attain some goal. But it's only Christianity and it's only Jesus Christ in the Bible that says you cannot do it in your own strength. It is impossible. The standard to enter into heaven is perfection. And no one of us is able to attain to perfection. Save one, Jesus Christ. It's why He came to earth. It's why He willingly died for our sins. Willingly bore the wrath of God against sin uh, in order to wipe sin away. But His resurrection is what made a way forward from that. And that's our focus this morning. So let's pray. uh, And then we're going to head into 1 Corinthians uh, 15. Uh, Father, we come before You this morning uh, to celebrate Your resurrection to acknowledge all that it means for us uh, and for our families, for those around the world, and for all of eternity. Lord, I pray that as we look at Your resurrection and what it accomplished and how it glorified You, uh, that Lord, You would make these words within Your Scripture, breathed out by You, come alive to us and impact us and change us so that we walk from this place uh, different than when we came in, that we love You more, that we know You more, that we know who we are in You more. And only You can accomplish that. And so we ask You to move in power. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, Paul begins uh, in this, in verse 13 rather, uh, by stating the importance of the resurrection itself. uh, By saying, if there's no resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ or Jesus has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. Just think about that for a second. If Jesus has not been raised from the grave, it's pointless for us to be here. Let's go to brunch. Because it means nothing then. All of this means nothing. 
All of it means is, is that, oh, let's just try and do our best to be the best kind of person that we know how to be and hope that's good enough to reach the level of perfection, but it isn't. And so we might as well live however we want to live, except that it is true. God Himself came down to provide a way of forgiveness, a way of reconciliation. Not just that, a way of giving us righteousness in His eyes. So that when He looks at us uh, and He comes to judge, if we put uh, our faith in Jesus Christ, uh, what God sees when He looks at us is the accomplishments of Jesus instead of our own. Now think about that for a second. Just uh, look back on your life for even this morning or this last week. And the account that you would kind of keep on yourself and, and what that would look like if God would sit there and take everything that you've done even within the last week and use that as the standard of whether or not you should enter into heaven. Let alone the past years. Your past experiences. The things that you've done. But instead, through this, through the resurrection... It's washed away. It's, it's covered by the blood of Christ. It's, it's like this painting that, that was black and now you can't even tell black is there because it's covered by the grace of Jesus. It's the same thing within our lives. Our own account, our own efforts, our own deeds are black. But the light of Christ washes it in His blood and we're made white as snow. And reflection of Him and the glory of His name. It's what He accomplishes. Uh, and so we continue on uh, in our life because of this resurrection. It gives us a new life. It replaces where we are. Romans 6, uh, beginning in verse 3. It says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now I want to pause here. This is not talking about water baptism. This is not saying that as you are baptized into the water and come back out, that that is your salvation and that you have died with Him and now have been risen with Him. Baptism is just a symbol of something that's already happened within your heart where you've chosen to die to yourself. To die to your own control, your own kingdom within your life, your own efforts, your own wisdom, your own priorities, desires, your own control, your own identity, preferences in every aspect of our lives. From the way that we eat, to our sexual identity, to the way that we respond to one another, to find salvation in Jesus Christ, we need to die to all of those things and fully submit them to Christ. This is what this passage is talking about. That if we were buried with Him through this baptism within our soul where we have willingly died to ourselves, died to our own identity, and trusted in Christ for salvation to give us a newness of life, That's what it means to consider Jesus Christ Lord. 
We find that we salvation uh, is through believing in our heart and speaking forth. Not just Jesus is God, but it's a declaration that Jesus is my Lord, my King, my Savior. And I fully submit all that I am to Him. And I trust Him with my life and with my eternity and with my salvation. And so I willingly walk away from the things of this earth in order to pursue after those things. That's where we find salvation. And that's what this passage is talking about is death to ourselves so that we may have new life. Verse 5, For if we've been united with Him in a death like His, we will certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. For we know that our old self was crucified with Him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we live with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. This is where we find freedom in our life. Freedom from the things of this world is by dying to them and walking forward in the newness of life that Jesus Christ gives to us. This is not something that we can do in our own strength. It is absolutely supernatural. It is the work of the Holy Spirit within us and not our own efforts. And yet, how many times do we try and do it within our own strength and we end up finding that we're exhausted in life trying to walk in faith because we're just doing it with our own strength and we're frustrated with the results. Instead of resting and trusting in the supernatural work of God within our lives. It's a hard thing to grasp and to walk in. And Paul understood this and led by the Spirit in Ephesians, he begins praying for the church in Ephesus and for us that we would really grasp this. In Ephesians 1, verse 17, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, who would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened Again, he's not talking about our head knowledge, our wisdom, our understanding, our ability to, to grasp and figure out and problem solve and, and go forward with our own intellect. But he's praying supernaturally by the Spirit that the eyes, the spiritual eyes of your heart might be enlightened, that we might see and truly know. More than just knowing facts within Scripture. More than just knowing that, that God saves us and we can say that. But, but knowing deep down in your heart that God loves you. That He cherishes you. That He died for you. That He has forgiven you. That He dances over you. As we see in Zephaniah. That He whispers quiet in His love over you. And then He shouts with exaltation over you. Those are hard things for us to grasp because we hear those things and we automatically start lining up who we think we are and we're saying, nope, this doesn't make sense that God would do this. That God dances and exalts over you. Doesn't make sense. 
That's why Paul is saying it's a spiritual understanding. And he's praying that the eyes of a hearts would be opened so that it's revealed by the Spirit that you would grasp this because it is eternally transforming. Imagine if you could consider all the ways uh, that you think less of yourself, that you put yourself down, that you blame yourself, or that you don't forgive yourself. And the weight of that feeling. Imagine that all gone. Because you fully realize how God looks at you. This is what Paul is praying for will happen by the Spirit. And so he he goes on that that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of His calling. So that you truly grasp in the deepest part of you the hope that Jesus' death and resurrection has given to you. The hope that your future is not dependent upon this earth. That your eternity is not dependent on the most recent election cycle or however the pandemic plays out or however your family dynamic situation is, your struggles, your fears. It is not dependent upon any of those. Our hope is in Christ and the newness of life that He has given to us. And He tells us that it is glorious because it is the very replacement of Christ that is for us where everything of the old has been covered up. Continues on to say, what is the wealth of His glorious inheritance in the saints? We've talked about this before. Uh, The saints uh, are not dead people who have accomplished a couple of miracles, but rather we look within the book of Ephesians and it describes the church, the members of the church, those who are saved uh, as saints. In fact, the word within the Greek for saints is hagios, uh, which means holy. And so it's related to that, and really what it's saying is God's holy ones, those that have been made righteous by the blood of Christ, which means every person in this room has received salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. You're considered to be saints. And so he's saying, with the wealth of God's glorious inheritance in the saints. It's not talking about our inheritance in heaven. And in fact, the word inheritance here uh, would be better represented by saying his special or priceless possession in the saints. This is how God considers us. Because he bought us with the blood of his son at the cross at Calvary. He esteems you as his glorious inheritance as His prized possession. That's His love for you. That's how much He cherishes you. And we struggle to grasp that and live in that every day of our lives. We get glimpses of it here and there. But but if we could live in that understanding of how He sees us, how would that change our lives? But again, this can't be done with our own intellect. It has to be a work of the Holy Spirit, which is why then he goes into verse 19 and says that you may know 
your eyes of your heart would be enlightened in revelation and knowledge uh, in order to know, verse 19, what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the mighty working of His strength. He's praying that we would get within the deepest parts of us the strength of God at work in our lives. Now why is that important for, for today? Why are we looking at this today? Verse 20, He exercised this power, this immeasurable greatness of power, He exercised this power in Christ by raising Him from the dead and seating Him at His right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority, power, dominion, every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Did you catch that? What Paul is praying that we would deeply understand is that the same immeasurably great power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work within our lives. I, I, how do we grasp what that power is? What the power to, to raise from the dead is? We, we look at Scripture and there's other examples uh, of this. You've got uh, in the Old Testament, you have uh, Elisha and a boy. And this boy was prophesied to be born uh, to this woman. Uh, Elisha comes back, uh, and this boy has died, and he comes back to visit. And he's, the boy's laying up in a bed, and the wife is absolutely distraught over the loss of her son. And so Elisha goes up and closes the door and begins to pray and actually lays down on top and prays, and the boy comes back to life. We have uh, Jesus and Lazarus. This miracle that crowds began to follow. We talked about this last week. So you, you have Lazarus who's dying. Jesus knows this, that he's sick and about to die and, and actually kind of waits and hangs out where he's at waiting for Lazarus to die because he knows what he's going to do. Uh, he travels there. Everybody is mourning. And then Jesus says, okay, roll away the stone. And do you remember Mary's response when he says, roll away the stone? Surely it's going to stink because he's been in there three days. See, there's, there's something that, that happens to us as we die. The decay begins. But here's Jesus and the stone is rolled away and, and with the voice that spoke the mountains into existence, that spoke the sun into the sky by saying let there be light then calls out Lazarus get up and come out and Lazarus walks out of the grave you have Jesus himself died on the cross for our sins when he died there was an earthquake the the, the temple the the curtain that separated the holy from the most holy was torn in two Representing a, a new access granted to God through Jesus Christ's death. But he's in that tomb and it's sealed up with a stone and they put soldiers outside that to prevent anybody from stealing the body. And two angels showed up. The, the soldiers are petrified and passed out. And Jesus rises from the dead. 
Now, Scripture tells us uh, as Jesus was being whipped, as He was being beaten, that He was unrecognizable as a man. And then as He's resurrected, as He comes back, His disciples, unless they're blinded by the Spirit for a purpose, they see who He is. And all there are are these marks of glory in His hands and His side. Representing what He had done. There was no decay. I think a culture has tried to uh, appropriate uh, and actually uh, destroy how miraculous this sense of resurrection is. Because when most culture looks at somebody coming back from the dead, it's zombies. Right? Like, like clawing their way out, and they're like, you know, like the eyeballs falling out of their face, and it's like really, really gross, and they're really slow, or there's super weird ones that are fast, but they're all like. Creepy. It's a distortion of what resurrection actually is. You go into Corinthians, uh, and Paul starts talking uh, in chapter 15 uh, about what it means uh, to have a resurrection body. And he starts saying, like, like every seed that is planted dies, and, and something else grows out of it. It's related, but it's so completely different. The bodies that we have here and now are simply seeds of what will be in all of eternity. Imagine at some point never having the bum knee or stepping out of bed and just immediately feeling aches and pains. I, I know people um, that had... Um, I was this sweet lady... Um, and, and she had been born, I forget what the medication was, but back in the 50s and 60s, there was a medication that was given um, to people while they were pregnant, uh, and it resulted in terrible birth defects. Uh, and so she was born, and, and her arms would like go out to here, and, and her feet, you know, she had a normal-sized torso, uh, but everything else was like super, super shortened. Uh, and I remember her saying, I just can't wait to ride a bicycle. You know, like that's how much different we're going to be and what that is happening for us. The power of this resurrection is beyond anything any of us have ever experienced unless somebody here has witnessed uh, somebody come back from the dead. And it's possible because we hear stories of like that happening around the world. But the power that's at work in Jesus' resurrection, it says His work in our life, the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe. Now, this is not talking about every human on earth, but those who believe. In the Greek, the word believe here uh, is uh, pistuo, uh, which means to have absolute trust, to have absolute faith in. For those who consider Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior, to those who have died to their identities and said, Jesus is my Lord, the immeasurable greatness of His power towards those who believe according to the strength used in raising Jesus up from the dead is at work within your life. Other verses reflect this. Galatians 2.20 I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, or while I'm still here on earth, I live in faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. 2 Corinthians 5 
says he died so that all those who live should no longer live for themselves. Again, we die to our identities, but rather to live for the one who died for them and was raised. From now on, we no longer know anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we've known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. As we look around this room at our friends, at our neighbors, the people that we go to church with, as we look around this room and we look at our brothers and sisters who have found salvation in Christ, we no longer know them from a worldly perspective. We look at them as a redeemed son or daughter adopted by God who created all things into existence and the power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in their life and yours. We're no longer merely human if we are in Christ Jesus. But we're anchored in eternity and eternity is at work within us. 2 Corinthians 3 puts it this way, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We with all unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and being transformed into the same image. Did you get that? We're looking as a mirror at the glory of the Lord, at the glory of Jesus Christ, at His righteousness, and we're being transformed into that same image, into the reflection of Jesus from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. It's the same thing as this painting. We, we start out with the black canvas, but as the glory of the Lord is applied to it symbolically and prophetically through this painting, we no longer see the black canvas, but rather the representation of Jesus Christ. The same thing happens in our lives through the power that raised Jesus from the dead. As we submit to His work within our lives, we are covered up and the reflection shown to others is the reflection of the image of the glory of Jesus Christ. This is what God says He's doing in your life. And what the enemy wants to do is put these lies in our head that say, nope, that's not happening. Like, like God's trying to work on me, but the paint's not sticking and, and the black's just staying. Who are you going to believe? The one who spoke all things into existence? The one that says, you are my special inheritance, my glorious inheritance because I bought you, I redeemed you from death and sin, you are mine and I am transforming you? Or are we going to listen to the one who's known as the father of lies that rebelled and whispers in our ears, that's not true. You're too black. You're too dirty. Nothing can cover you. But what God says, it's the blood of Christ. The very blood of God Himself willingly poured out for you that will cover and wash away your sins and to make you new. The very power 
of raising Jesus from the dead is at work in our lives. That very power is what says it is true. And through this power of the resurrection of Jesus is at work in your marriages. It's at work uh, in your lives. It's at work in your families and your interactions with your children. It's at work in your finances. It's at work in the areas that you choose to have entertainment. It's at work in the areas of your life where you still listen to those lies and enter into sin. Where you have pride, anger, fear, or shame. The areas that you struggle in and the areas that you most desperately need God to work in, He says, the power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work within those areas. Now, it's one thing for me to, to be up here and to say that here's the truth. This is God at work in your life. The power that raised Jesus from the dead, the, the power that we're celebrating today is at work in your marriage. It's at work uh, in your family. It's at work in your heart. That is simply the truth that we can declare. And I can do no more than that other than something that Revelation points out. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 uh, it says they conquered the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, through His death on the cross, and by the word of their testimony. For they did not love their lives to the point of death. And so this morning what I want to do uh, is to take some time. We've got a microphone here. Uh, and if anybody here wants to declare and share in a brief way what God has done in your life through the power that raised Jesus from the dead at work within you, we want to share those things. For, for me, I was in blindness as Jehovah's Witness. And thinking that I was right and completely like locked down in that and through His grace and His mercy, opening my eyes and revealing His love to me, I found freedom in that and salvation through Christ. Anybody else? Come on up. we got the microphone right here. We'll just take a few moments for this. I just want to say I'm so grateful that God did bring me from death into life, but that he's continuing to do that every day. Um, in this season, he's been bringing to life in my heart compassion where I didn't even know my heart had been hardened in self-righteousness, and he's giving me eyes to see others as he's them instead of um, believing I can think whatever um, and be prideful and self-righteous so he continues to keep resurrecting my heart and i'm so grateful for that praise the lord thank you this is not prideful for you to come up and do this this is not boasting this is celebrating the working of the power of raising christ from the dead it's it's declaring anybody else donna you broke the ice before, so. <laughs> um, I have been resurrected so many times in my life. Before I was born, I, he let me be because my mom tried every way to get rid of me. When I was seven, I was, wasn't supposed to live for a week, but God, I was in heaven with him and he brought me back. 
and so many times in my life, it was just on the brink of death that he brought me back. And now I'm his forever. Amen. Thank you, Donna. Praise the Lord. Hi, guys. Um, so I guess briefly, like, I came from a really, really bad past where, like, I had three different dads and have, like, some were crazy, some were abusive, some were all these things. And um, a lot of the men that I had in my life growing up were also not the greatest. And um, for me, like, it just really put this darkness of, like, you know, <laughs> what, what it means to be... Um, a man and a woman and, and, and stuff. But basically, I, thankfully, God has like redeemed that uh, persona, that identity of what a godly man is and what a godly Christian family is like. And um, even taken me so far as being able to um, appreciate those things in other people, even though that's not what I have yet. So I really... Uh, it is a testimony, and, and God's even shown me that he's always my father, and he's redeemed that, and ultimately, he's the perfect father. So, that's me. Amen. Thank you. I, I remember, Vicki, it was, what, six years ago, um, when we were planting the church, Vicki came up to Angie and I, and she's like, yeah, I, I don't know if I believe anymore and I'm struggling with that and so I I don't want to help out with the children anymore or anything and we're just like okay like take some time wrestle through that and God has worked within her and now she's on our worship team and it's awesome so praise God I just want to say that God has really saved me from fear these last two years from these last two years. And he's really saved me. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing, Eliana. Delinda. And if you're a visitor, you're welcome to come up too. I'm just saying people's names as they know them, but you're welcome to come up if we've never met before. I hope that everyone realizes that this is free. I, you know, I grew up so many, so many years of thinking it was something that I could do, and I could never be good enough. And finally, when I was about 40, I realized it's free. You know, I had made some mistakes, I had a failed marriage, and I realized it's nothing that I can do. And that was huge for me. Someone that had gone to church, you know, pretty much my whole life, and never really understanding how this is just a free gift. It's something that you could take advantage of. You know, God is, just loves you so much that you could use him, you know, like you would use a nice person or take advantage of another person, you know, and I just think when you get that, that is so huge, and, you know, I just every day I just feel that a little more and understand that and it's so healing and so um, you know there's so much hope and you know forgiveness and uh, I hope that each one of you can understand that just get that really get that in your heart yeah. we celebrate that freedom with you Delinda alright anybody else 
I want to invite the worship team to come up. Um, and just not to start, but to just start playing softly. Um, but I want to take a few more moments uh, if there's anybody else that wants to share what God has done within their lives. And, and the reason I, I'm willing to like stay here another 20 minutes if we keep having testimonies, uh, I just want to celebrate all these things, so I wanted these guys kind of ready to go um, with that. So, so um, first of all, I need to be grateful for the gift of being here. Um, I'm not supposed to be, but God said, yes, you are. <laughs> um, but that's not why I'm up here. Um, I have a hard time speaking in front of people, and most people here have heard me and don't understand that, but I have never really had the gift of speech um, or wanting to share my stories, the things that God has put me through, or not put me through, but helped me through. Um, it's extremely important that we don't keep what God has done, to, done for us to ourselves. Right. We need to share it. We don't know how it's going to affect someone else. We don't know someone else is going through the same thing. And we can help someone else going through what you've been through. Yeah. It's not easy, but you can be there for each other and, and know that um, you're not alone. Yeah. You know, God is always with us, so you're never alone. But he gives us people in our lives that help us go through what we're going through. Yeah. Can I put you on the spot this morning? Sure. <laughs> I'm only doing this because I know she's okay with it. Um, so when she said at the beginning, because we have a number of visitors here that may not know, uh, two years ago uh, is when the doctor said that uh, you wouldn't be here because of cancer. Um, and so she's lived two years past what the doctors have said. And in fact, uh, much of the cancer is just gone and disappeared. It's all gone. It's all gone. Praise the Lord. And, and so what I want to do this morning, um, and this is where I'm going to put you on the spot to pray. Oh, okay. If that's all right. Uh, is there anybody here? We want to pray for these things as well. So is there anybody here uh, that either has cancer or somebody in your family that's struggling with that right now, uh, and you would like prayer for that family member or for yourself? Uh, we got one in the back. Anybody else uh, over here? Raise your hands. All right, go ahead. Heavenly Father, first I want to say Happy Resurrection Day. Amen. I don't call it Easter anymore. I call it Resurrection Day because that's what's important. Father, you love us so much. You took all of our, our pain, all of our sickness, everything that we have done on the cross with you. You've defeated it all. You've healed us all. Help us to ask and loose that healing, Father. Those that raise their hands, whether they are going through the, the big cancer, it's not big to you. It is little. It is insignificant. And you can take care of it all. Yes, Lord. Give us hope that 
Just because you hear those words, it means nothing. You can, you can get rid of it all. Sometimes you do it in steps. Sometimes you do it all at once. But Father, we give these people to you so that you can heal their bodies, yes, Lord. heal their minds, heal their hearts, and help it bring that person so much closer to you and have that testimony of what you have done in their life. Yes, Lord. Father, if, if it's somebody that we know, give that person the strength to talk about you to that person. Help them be there and just listen, because a lot of times we don't need you to feel, heal us. We don't need any fixing. We just need people to listen. So be, help them to be a support for whomever is going through this trial. And know that you can have joy even amongst something so hard. Yes, Lord. Father, fill these people up with joy. Yes, Lord. And help them celebrate that they are not alone, they will never be alone, and that um, you will walk with them in this. Yes, in Lord. Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, anybody else? All right. Where do I start? <laughs> I was raised Catholic. I was raised with a bunch of ornery, cussing, gambling, pornography, junk everywhere as a kid growing up. From the age of five, maybe a little younger, I had Playboy magazines, Hustler, every junk magazine you could think of in my hands. Uh, sexually abused as a young kid all the way up to uh, age 15 with a cousin. Just a lot of garbage of sexual junk. And what's frustrating is parents not recognizing the junk and not recognizing a problem because it was all over my family. Uh, so as I turned 18, there I was in the porn. I turned 18 my senior year. Uh, first day of school. I was in an adult bookstore with my friends. Uh, we thought that was the common practice of what life was had with my buddies. Uh, uh, started dating a girl at 19. She became my first wife. I was messed up, and I, all I thought about was sex every single day of my life. And had no idea how to love on a woman, had no idea how to appreciate life. Uh, and, but God started putting men in my life around about 26, 27, and godly men on my job in vending and running into men that just came out of nowhere and talked to me and uh, touched me, literally, physically putting their arms around me. Like, I've never had a man hug me, and that was scary. And I would just see touch me again, I'll hurt you. <laughs> and it was like, it, but it was weird. It was weird having a man wrap his arms around me. But the things, I'm trying to keep this short and it's really tough. Uh, but the thing is, is that that was a beginning for me. A 
beginning to get into and get involved with Christian men. And then there was a part of the stage in life that, because I was raised with all this other junk, it was all about money. If you had the stuff, if you had the house, if you had the cars, if you had a good savings account, you were really talked about in my family. And that's really big still in my family. And it's really tough for me to stop thinking about money. <laughs> and I've got a good brother in the background, Christian, that's really trying to help me understand there's a lot more to life than money. And, and I always thought, well, if God loves me because I'm bringing good money. So I can help people, so I can do things with money. But it still became a proudful thing on my end. I got saved at 29 uh, because of Christian godly men. And one gentleman I can really talk about, his name was Gary Burke. He was, I don't know if you ever heard of Shackley. Shackley's pro, you know, uh, pro, uh, nutrition products. And this guy witnessed to me. And he was in his 50s. I was uh, 28. And I drove to Twin Cities, Minnesota, sat down with the guy, thinking we're going to talk about money, thinking how we're going to talk <laughs> about how to build my business. And all this man would do is talk to me about Jesus. I drove to Twin Cities, Minnesota, a five-hour drive for a man that's talked to me about Jesus. And all I want to do is hear about how I can make money. And for three hours, he drilled it into me, saying, this is the answer. You don't need a nutrition business. You don't need to make thousands of dollars a, a, a month. You need Jesus. I was like, ugh. <laughs> and so he gave me a tape from Casey Tree. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's a pastor out of California. And I listened to that tape all the way back to Jamesville. And it touched me and hit me. And next thing you know, a year later, other godly men got in my life. I got saved. If you are struggling with porn, if you and I'm telling you, I know you are. If you're a guy, you've got it shot at you every single day. It's advertised. It's on the internet. You can touch something. You can look something up. Boom, it pops up, and it'll nail you. If you are not protecting your mind, your eyes, all those things, don't be afraid to talk to somebody about it. Yeah. It took me a long time to share that with someone. And God, godly men like this guy, like Christian, other men that I've come across, they don't judge you. They just love you. And that's what Jesus does. He brings godly men into your life. And women for women. And what? And women for women. And women for women, yes. Uh, I met my lovely wife at a consignment place, consignment home again. 2018, October 10th. <laughs> that was God all in itself. Yeah. That's amazing. She is a wonderful, godly woman that just loves me for all the junk I had in my life. All I can say, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for resurrection. Thank God if you are proud and you think you've got no issues, get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus does it for you. Amen? Amen. Thank you for sharing. All right. We got another one? All right. Should have got you guys chairs. Now we're going to need them. I'll try and keep them. Well, hey, everybody. My name's Tim. Uh, it's great to be here at church this morning. Uh, we are visitors. We've been here before, but um, I would just like to share something with you really quick. I... Uh, I come from a, a long, long history of drug addiction and violence 
and gangbanging and in and out of jails and suicide attempts and divorces and custody battles and just all that stuff that comes with uh, trying to live a life steeped in the world. And I got to tell you, you know, I hear a lot of people say that, that you know, they, they found Jesus. But the truth is, is Jesus found me. Amen. And Jesus found me on a milk crate with an extension cord around my neck over a rafter in a garage in Illinois. And I cried out to God, and I had been crying out to God for probably a decade up to this point, with little glimmers, you know, I mean, I, but I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, that night on that milk crate, I was saved. And all I said to Jesus that day, and I didn't even know it was Jesus, God, whatever, was if you're really real, you need to show up now because it's over. And I'm going to tell you, this is what I heard. I heard the audible voice of God say this to me. He said, Timothy, I love you. Hmm. And that was it. That was it. But that was enough. That was enough to transform this sinner's life 180 degrees. I've gone from being a five-time felon to an ordained minister running a huge ministry in the city of Janesville in a decade. And if God can do that for a guy like me, a guy who would have rather shot you in your face 15 years ago, he can do it for you, let me tell you. Because like Paul, I was the worst of the worst. Family, God is so good. Amen. Don't waste another moment. Run to him. Cry out to him. Scream to him. Argue to him if you have to. But don't give up seeking and searching. He'll meet you right when the time is right. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thanks, Amen. Thanks, All right. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, Jaden, come on, come on around. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for um, just being there for me, helping me stay strong um, when I'm when I was weak. Uh, really, that's all. Just thank everybody. I really do appreciate the church, and um, I'm here for everybody. And thank everybody. That's really all. All right. Thanks. And I want to say, Michael, recognize that it's God's love for you. Because we're loving on you because He loves you. And, and so, just take that, alright? Alright. Hi, I'm Jaden. Um, so, this week, uh, I just kind of had this uh, really big blow to my, uh, to my ego again. Uh, I, I suffer from depression and anxiety, and I just was going... Uh, up the walls with anxiety this week uh, and it just kind of uh, it refocused me a little bit uh, afterwards uh, to just recall that uh, how weak we are and how much we need Christ uh, especially uh, especially in those times when uh, when we're feeling out of our head and we just we can't even even uh, it's yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I'm just thankful that uh, I'm still here, and uh, I'm thankful for this church as uh, it, God put it in my life at just the right time to save me from myself and turn me back to God. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you. All right, well, I'm sure we could continue on with various things, but um, 
instead what I want to do is if you're here today and you're hearing some of these amazing testimonies of being people being radically transformed by God's work in their lives. There's people here that would be dead either through suicide or illness if it wasn't for God's work in their lives. Um, there are marriages that would not be together today if it was not God's work uh, in their lives. If you're here today and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the power of these testimonies is there for you. But you have to believe and you have to trust. And so if you're here today and you desire that, you desire to die to all that you are, your identity, your priorities, your own kingdom, and submit to Jesus Christ as Lord and to have Him and the power of the resurrection at work in your life. If that's you here today, I want you to raise your hand uh, where you're at here this morning. And we want to pray with you. All right. I just didn't want to like go beyond anything else without offering that opportunity. All right. Pray for the people online. Yeah. All right. Uh, anybody, this is going to sound slightly weird, but anybody have a sense for something we could pray for, for people that are online? Yeah. Salvation. Salvation. All right, we'll do that. What's that? Fear of death. Fear of death. All right. Isolation. Isolation. Okay, let me get my pen here real quick. What was that? I know, I was fine. Salvation. Broken hearts. All right. All right, anything else? Transfusion? Confusion. All right. Self-righteousness. All right. You know what? I think some of these things that people are saying are for us here this morning too. So we'll be praying for all of us in that. All right. Anything else for online or for here? All right, I'm going to add marriages. All right. All right, well, let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning. Uh, and I'm so thankful for you being at work within our lives through the power that raised Jesus from the dead. That we come here to recognize your resurrection, to celebrate Easter, but that it's so much more than just having brunch and listening to a sermon, but that you are alive, that you are active, uh, and that you shape our services and we can minister to one another. Lord, I thank you for that. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the testimonies that have been shared. And then because of your blood and these testimonies, we're able to overcome the lies uh, of the enemy. Father, we pray for our church, uh, both those at home and here uh, today, uh, for all of these things. Lord, we pray for salvation. 
Father, if anybody is listening to this and they do not know You as Lord and Savior, we pray that the blinders would come off. That they would see You as Rescuer and as King. And that they would willingly set aside the things of this world to follow after You. Lord, we pray and we ask that You do whatever is necessary to bring people to salvation because we'd rather have them with us for all of eternity celebrating Your glory than any temporary discomfort that they may experience in this world that brings them to that place uh, of salvation. Lord, we pray for those with broken hearts. We're thankful for that You are the Comforter and You are the One that binds that up and that there is healing. Uh, Lord, we pray for healing of trauma in the past, of abuse in the past. Lord, we even pray for healing in the areas that we need uh, to forgive ourselves for the things that You have already forgiven us for. Lord, we pray for those who are lonely and feeling isolated, especially in this season uh, with COVID and the way that that has happened. Uh, we pray that Your presence would be there, uh, that You would give them strength. Lord, we want to have wisdom uh, where wisdom is needed for safety's sake, uh, but Lord, we do not want fear to keep us apart any longer. Uh, and so Lord, we pray that Your love, Your perfect love would cast out fear, that we would use wisdom, uh, but that, Lord, no one would be lonely because of anything earthly anymore. Father, we pray for those that have a fear of death and that they would recognize that through your death on the cross, death itself was defeated and that all death can do for those who are in Christ is usher us into your kingdom. It has no hold on us. It is broken and finished as declared by Jesus on the cross. Father, we come against confusion, confusion of mind, confusion uh, of language, confusion of speech, uh, even confusion in areas of, of finances or of jobs that, Lord, that would clear up that there would be perfect wisdom and clarity in Jesus. Jesus' name. For those who are self-righteous, Lord, we pray that you would break their pride. We find that uh, prideful thinking is before a fall. Uh, and so, Lord, even if that means a fall, we pray that it is broken uh, so that there is humility in trusting in Jesus. For those that are feeling a sense of unworthiness that are in You, Lord, we pray that they would not get their sense of worthiness from their own actions and from their own identity, but rather their sense of worthiness that they were purchased by the blood of Jesus. And that is what makes them worthy in Your eyes. Not their actions, but rather what You have done. And that You cherish us and call us Your special inheritance. Lord, we pray for marriages within our church that they would be strengthened reflect the Gospel in the way that a husband loves a wife and a, life, a wife loves her husband. Lord, we pray... Uh, for all uh, identities uh, to reflect You, Father. That it would not be anchored in anything of this world from pride, from finances, from fame, from sexuality, from any other source than You. Lord, we pray that all identities aside from the one that You have given us would fall to the earth and perish. And Lord, we pray that the joy in Christ would be our anchor. That the joy that is beyond anything this world can affect would be our hope. 
that our joy would be in You as we celebrate the risen Christ on this day. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship. Let's praise our God.